In Southeast Ag Next Ag in review for the week ending September the 19th, it was announced this week that USDA is going to be awarding $15.7 million in conservation innovation grants, otherwise known as SIGs, to 47 organizations to help develop and demonstrate cutting-edge ideas to accelerate innovation in private lands conservation. With more on that, here's Natural Resources Conservation Service Chief Jason Weller. We received close to 400 applications. And at the end of the day, because of the limited budget we have, and because it's a very competitive program, today we're announcing total funding investment of $15.7 million. And that's going to be invested through 47 awardees. So these awardees are really, it's a spectrum of different organizations. It includes universities, soil and water conservation districts, tribal organizations, nonprofit organizations, a wide variety and very diverse group of folks that we're going to be co-investing with. More information on this is, of course, available on our website, southeastagnet.com. Now, on Wednesday this week, USDA also announced they were making new financial assistance available to eligible Florida citrus growers for the removal of trees afflicted with citrus greening and for replanting groves with new healthy stock. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack said the support comes through the USDA's tree assistance program. Since 2005, uh, the Florida citrus industry has been under attack from citrus greening. Uh, 63% of all of the nation's citrus production occurs in the state of Florida. It has a profound impact on the economy of Florida, 76,000 jobs, uh, a $9 billion economic impact. This is a fairly significant part of our citrus production in the United States, and we just simply don't want to see it uh, continue to erode. Uh, There are too many jobs, uh, and, and there's too much product that's at risk here. So hopefully folks will take advantage of this program to contain by removing the disease trees and, and planting new trees. In other news, due to the problems many dryland peanuts are experiencing this year, Tyron Spearman reports that farmers are being urged to make sure they separate those from irrigated peanuts. Georgia Extension reports that farmers need to separate their irrigated peanuts from hauling with dryland peanuts. Scott Mumford, the peanut specialist, says we're encouraging growers to get into their non-irrigated fields and look at them whether they're 105 days old or 170, make harvest decisions based on conditions, not necessarily on the calendar. He said once you get started, do not mix dryland peanuts with irrigated peanuts. He says we cannot emphasize this enough. When dryland fields or corners, the quality won't be as good in most cases. He said in isolated cases, people have picked up on hints of aspergillus flavus in damaged pods. You don't want to taint a large load of quality irrigated peanuts with a small amount of problem peanuts, he said. Thanks, Tyron. And you know the forecasts are for record corn and soybean crops this year, but as Cindy Zimmerman reports, that's also going to lead to lower prices. USDA has increased its estimate of both the corn and soybean crops for this year, building on already forecast record highs. John Doggett with the National Corn Growers Association says this year's corn crop is forecast at 14.4 billion bushels. Our family farmers are going to be harvesting the largest corn crop ever produced. It will be the fifth record crop that we've had in the last 12 years. Our growers are using technologies that were unimaginable even 10, 15, 20 years ago. And we are selling corn today at about 35% of what we did just a couple of years ago, certainly below the price of production for a lot of our growers. The soybean crop is also forecast at a record 3.9 billion bushels with prices dropping below $10 a bushel, which is good news for livestock producers who are enjoying lower feed prices. 
I'm Cindy Zimmerman, Southeast Agnet. Also this week, we had a story with Josh White, former executive vice president of the Georgia Cattlemen's Association, now executive director of producer education for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, reminding cattle producers they can now get BQA certified for free. Partnership with Beringer Ingelheim Vet Medica sponsoring free online training has already set up. You know, we've had a few rounds of this. Over 11,000 producers already have been certified through that sponsorship. He says there are a lot of reasons why it's important for every cattle producer to be BQA certified. For me personally, when I went through the training, which I've been through it a few times over the last six or seven years, you always sort of remember or relearn something. It's it's just a good self-check. Even if you've been in the cattle business for a long time, it's good to sort of go back through and say, oh yeah, you know, maybe I hadn't been uh, cleaning out my water troughs like I should, or it goes through really an A to Z overlook of your operation, how you're managing your cattle, some really good tips on low stress handling, on record keeping, and there are good tools available online as well. We have the assessments that you can use to go back and and walk through your farm or ranch, and it gives you some checklists to go through, which are really practical, and some best management practice or standard operating procedure documents. So those are available just at bqa.org, and then you can click on the resources page uh, there's a cow-calf, a stalker, and a feedlot assessment and within some of those documents. And White notes the free certification process is underway right now. If you're a cattleman that wants to take advantage of this, it is open. You can, you can just sign up for the training by the end of October. You can go to bqa.org forward slash team and get all the info you need to get signed up. Again, to learn more or to start your certification process, go to bqa.org slash team. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Griner talked about questions concerning drones that are still pending. I've been watching carefully and reporting on drone aircraft development. You know, as a fascinating new technology for agriculture. Field demonstrations that I intended to attend didn't materialize, but I'm reading more and more about these drones. Here's what I learned just this week. This new technology demonstration is not restricted to any particular part of the country. They're widespread. It's effective in scouting fields much faster, much more accurate than standard methods. And, you know, that's just one of the many jobs that these drones can do. But as these demonstrations develop, laws to regulate their use, you know, who, where, why, etc., etc., are still lacking. As many people see it, it's coming. But I think a lot of farmers will not be interested in investing a lot of money until they know how much it's going to cost and they have regulations to spell out their use. That's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. Of course, you can hear all of those and even more reports in this past week on our website at southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.